0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Spoken Stories with Spencer. My name is Spencer Dong, and I will be the host and main storyteller. I am so excited to share my enjoyment of storytelling with you all, as it has been a passion of mine for quite some time. This podcast will feature handcrafted stories, personal stories, and conversations with friends. With no further ado, let us begin with the very first story. Story number one, picture a broken and beautiful family. Oliver had a consuming obsession and his obsession was taking pictures. Ever since his parents bought him a toy camera for his first birthday, he was always pressing the capture button. He would document it all, from the simplest of things like nature, wildlife, cooking breakfast, going on a walk with his friends, and even sunsets. No one would understand why he would document almost everything that he did in a day. His parents and classmates never really questioned it when they would spend time with him, but they always wondered. He would always tell them, I just can't help it because I have an impulse to take pictures. There are too many things to take pictures of. For the most part, people would not pay too much attention to this obsession because it was harmless. But outside of photography, Oliver was distant and seemed to have trouble making connection with others. Entering the demanding working world at the age of 22 did not help his case either. During his first job, many of his co-workers found him to be very socially awkward. Yet, even with that awkwardness, he still found himself enjoying the staff photo opportunities and they all agreed that it was the one thing that they could bond over. Oliver also enjoyed it whenever his family would go out. They would take group photos because Oliver insisted that he wanted to remember Every moment with his family, both of his parents felt that Oliver was most alive in himself when it was with a camera. That was his way of showing his family that he cared about them. One of the family's favorite traditions was taking a family Christmas photo. Oliver's family was known to be one of the first that would share it through social media and the mail. The brisk air and cold soon came as that signaled the holidays and more occasions to take photos. On December 1st, Oliver and his family decided to go to Union Square to see all of the lights and the festivities. Of course, it would be fitting that they would try to get a family photo with a giant Christmas tree. They arrived and they saw the swarms of people and Oliver could not find a single person who was not occupied or busy with the Christmas festivities. He still said, I know we will get our Christmas photo. Oliver had a twin brother named Eric and he was supportive, smart, and outgoing. Both of them had very similar upbringings yet they were very different. On the other hand, Cain was the eldest son and born long before Eric and Oliver. During his childhood, Kane's parents put too much pressure on him. His parents thought that they may not have any other kids and they had high hopes and expectations of him for being the straight A varsity captain and ASV president who could also play an instrument. There were times when his parents would yell at him in front of his friends and even their parents and they would say, you're not good enough." He never achieved all that his parents dreamed of and constantly felt like a constant failure in front of them. Another challenge was that he never had anyone to confide in. The few friends that he had all had brothers and sisters to spend time with. This fueled his resentment towards people who had siblings because it's something he never got to experience. He genuinely felt like a lonely child. Kane's world completely changed when his parents decided to adopt more children. Kane's family wanted more boys, and one of the adoption agencies in Korea had two two two-year-old twin boys that needed a home. His parents decided to adopt these boys and grow their family. The week before the adoption was Kane's 18th birthday. His parents wanted him to get a head start for college and entered him into a coding competition in LA. While at the flight terminal, they said, Make sure to catch your flight back. Kane nodded, but he had little intention of coming back. In his mind, he thought, This is my chance to get away from this destructive environment. He wanted freedom and a life away from his parents. After the first day of the coding event, he decided to get some fresh air. He left the event center and walked along the streets, but then a few suspicious men came up to him and grabbed him. They quickly put him in their car, put tape on his mouth and drove off. These criminals were planning to get a lot of money by ransoming kids. Fortunately, a police officer saw the whole thing and in a few minutes were surrounding the car that held Kane. The men came out of the car and threw Kane on the ground. Hands up, screamed the police officer. Immediately, the men dropped their weapons and a few police officers arrested the men. Are you okay, young lad, said one of the officers. Kane could not believe his eyes. These police officers saved his life. He decided right then and there that he wanted to be a police officer. He had to repay these men, but he did not want to go back home and he was sick and tired of his mom and dad. Thus, he decided he would simply stay in LA. He decided to transfer money from his parents' card and blocked and deleted both of his parents' numbers. Frustrated and confused, his parents tried calling Kane's phone, but there was no answer. Kane's mom exclaimed, Where is our son? Kane's parents even took to social media and posted on several pages saying that their son is missing, and if there's any information, please help. After three months of phone calls and searching, they realized they still had two young children to care for and gave up hope. Later that summer, Kane decided to enroll at the local community college to study criminology And eventually get into the police academy in order to pay for his police program housing and school he took on several jobs sometimes working upwards of 12 hours a day after graduating with his associate's degree he decided to apply for the police program the la police department was in need and they quickly started him in the program kane finished his police academy in six months with flying colors Kane then spent the next 20 years as an officer and he was promoted four times and became one of the youngest assistant chiefs and was earning a lot of respect. One day while he was on patrol he thought to himself, wow my parents would be really proud of me for what I ended up doing with my life. But then instantly he thought of his younger brothers as he never got to meet them that same day the la chief of police gave him word that there was an urgent case that needed investigation in san francisco and the sf chief requested someone who was familiar with the area kane always wanted to go back home but he could not face his parents and siblings as he felt extremely guilty but now he had a viable work opportunity and a reason to go back thus Kane accepted the assignment. On the weekend after Thanksgiving, Kane was deployed to San Francisco. The place where it all began, he thought. The San Francisco deputy then gives Kane specific orders to track down this wanted criminal who has been stealing fine art at museums. Back at Union Square, Oliver was starting to become overwhelmed. Fortunately, after a few flustered minutes within the crowds of people, Oliver found someone who could take their photo. Oliver ran into a professional photographer who was on the other side of the tree and was taking several photos for other families. Oliver always liked photos that were taken on professional cameras and he waited his turn to ask the lady for a Christmas photo. The photographer said, here to get those Christmas card photos? Oliver said, of course, you know it. The young lady tells his family to line up around the tree and says, on the count of three, smile. The photographer introduces herself as Hannah and hands her business card to Oliver and says, Sir, you have a very lovely family and I will email you the photo in a few days. Keep a lookout for my business email, as she points to her card. Oliver smiles and nods and in his mind says, oh, I will keep many lookouts for this photo. After Oliver gets the photo, he is amazed at how she seemed to really capture the candid smiles and make the background blurry. He decided that he had to tell Hannah how amazing this photo was. Even as Oliver felt certain about emailing her, doubt started forming because he was so nervous. Oliver decided to flip a coin, and if it was heads, he would respond to her, and if it was tails, he would do nothing. The coin ended up being heads. Oliver decided to work up the courage to draft an email to send to Hannah, and he decided it would be best to respond right away to show that he was interested. Oliver first writes, thank you for taking the time to capture a wonderful moment for my family and I. Would you mind sharing some advice for a beginner photographer who only uses an iPhone? After hitting the send button, he waited a whole five minutes and for himself, it felt like five hours. Hannah replies and said, hi Oliver, I'm glad you like the photo, and I would love to share some insight. Any specific questions about aperture, lighting, filters, camera recommendations? For example, I use an EOS T5i, Canon. Oliver then spends the next 20 to 30 minutes doing some quick research on what all of these words that describe photos mean. For some, this could have been a hassle to do. But for Oliver, he felt like this was a win-win situation. He composed the following email that had questions like, do you prefer manual or autofocus? What is the difference between a JPG and a raw photo? And how do you attain the rule of thirds? Oliver continued these interactions over a few months and Hannah continued to respond and provide her insight on photography. As flowers bloom, so do people's connections. Oliver and Hannah were those flowers as they began to have a conversation about life, hobbies, and even food. Though they only met briefly once, both of them could feel some connection building between them. Oliver felt like this was something that he would regret if he did not act. Thus, he decided, why not ask her on a date? In his mind, he thought, I've gone this far, and there is no turning back. This time, though, he was even more nervous because he was rejected by a few girls in college, and he did not want to go through that again. He also remembered what his brother Eric told him about how it's so hard to meet girls after college. This awkward dude can't mess us up, he thought. Oliver went back and forth with how to proceed and he finally decided that it had to be clever for Hannah. Oliver used a photo of a Polaroid and captioned it, Are you this camera? Because I was wondering if we could go on a date and see how this develops. Hannah responded back with a photo of her own camera and said, Sure. I can picture us having a good time. Oliver's face lit up with excitement. He took to social media and shared his story of a Polaroid and how this development takes some time but it can be worth it. Oliver then spends the next few days brainstorming the perfect date. He went back and forth with ideas and he finally decided on Japanese food in the Museum of Modern Art. Oliver finally felt alive and it was awesome that someone was helping him break out of his shell. This same Oliver, who had social anxiety and had trouble making friends, was finally being accepted by someone. Three months after the Christmas photo, Oliver and Hannah decide to meet in person at the restaurant. Oliver and Hannah decided to settle on an early dinner at 4.45 p.m. so they could have two solid hours at the MoMA from 6 to 8 p.m. As they sat down in the restaurant, they instantly were drawn to the menu because the food was so beautifully pictured. From the udon, sushi, tempura, and even the ramen, Oliver and Hannah both decided to order different things so they could have a variety of foods. When the food came, Hannah was about to eat But Oliver quickly said, the camera eats first. Hannah was not surprised at all and they ended up doing a five minute photo shoot with their delicious Japanese food. As they were eating their food, Oliver told her that this was quite possibly one of the most memorable meals he's ever had. And he was so glad that he took pictures of everything that they ate. Hannah thought to herself, Oliver is so unique. His love of photos is even more than mine. Oliver and Hannah van into the museum right at 6pm. Oliver decides to introduce Hannah to pop art, and in particular, a piece of art, Andy Warhol's Marilyn Monroe. Hannah really liked this recommendation due to the extremely bright colors and images. There was also this giant apple exhibit and it was binned down to the core and was quite unique. Throughout their whole visit, they took so many pictures with the exhibits and even ones together. Hannah brought her professional camera and was teaching Oliver how to use some of the features. There was even one particular piece that had a couple holding hands and Hannah grabbed Oliver's hand as she told him, let's copy this photo. Oliver blushes and says, of course. As they were making their way to the exit, Hannah expressed her gratefulness for the enjoyable evening. While she was thanking him, they heard a scream, and the security alarm sounded. Don't let this man get away! Oliver and Hannah did not realize that a criminal had entered the museum while they were in there, and had run off with Edward Monks. The scream which was worth upwards of $120 million. Oliver decided that he had to do something and ran to the front as the receptionist pointed in the direction of where the criminal was. Now Oliver was not super athletic or super daring, but he knew he had to act. Now at this exact time, Kane was dispatched to come to the scene to help get the criminal. Oliver runs outside with Hannah following him and sees a man with a painting and he runs across the street. Just as he is crossing, a car comes out of nowhere and runs right into Oliver. The car knocks Oliver right into the side of the street and speeds on. Kane arrives at the entrance of the museum and sees someone on the side of the road, badly bruised and bleeding. Kane pulls over and puts the man in his car and takes a detour. He gets a call on the radio saying the officers need help. But Kane decides to rush this man off to the ER first as he knows that this person's life is precious and that there's no time to wait. That next very moment, he gets a call from his radio that they are in a high-speed chase with a criminal and they desperately need Kane. Kane drives off and hears on the dispatch that they are closing in on the criminal, but they need backup. Cain arrives at the scene and immediately sees an officer holding his arm and the others taking cover behind their car. Officer Kane, this man has someone else with him. We tried to arrest them, but they fired at us. They are heavily armed and one of our officers was hurt. Cain knew there was a lot at stake, but he decided to go down swinging. He got behind their car and took out a portable loudspeaker and said, if you do not stop and hand the painting over, we will fire. In response, the criminal shot a few bullets at their police car. Kane decided to fire a few rounds, but also only hit the other car. Kane knew that neither would gain any ground like this and decided to take a risk. Kane decided to throw tear gas near their car and it forced both of the criminals to leave their shield because of the gas. Seeing no way out, the criminals surrendered. They dropped their weapons, and Kane and another officer walked towards them. Right as Kane was a few feet away, one of the men jumped right at Kane and knocked him to the ground. Right after, one of the criminals pulled out another gun and shot Kane. He immediately fell down that could no longer feel his leg. Kane screamed in pain as the other officers were about to fire, but the criminals hopped in their car and sped away. Kane told the officer to go after the suspects, but the officer radios, back up, we need backup, and decides to rush Kane to the hospital. Kane kindly thanks the officer, but during the whole car ride, he was in excruciating pain. Cain enters the hospital and is brought to the emergency room and they evaluate his injuries and give him anesthetics and he falls into a slumber. Kane wakes up to a doctor's voice and at that moment feels immense pain in his thighs. Kane asks when he's able to go out on patrol again and the doctor's face starts to sadden. He says, Officer Cain, unfortunately, you will most likely never be able to walk again. His spinal cord was injured by the shooting. Kane screams, You're lying, doctor. This can't be true. My whole life I've been a cop, and I will continue being one. The doctor answered, Officer, you are and always will be a cop, but you will have a different life now. We thank you for your service. Instantly, Kane thought of the man who was hit by the car Doctor, do do you know what happened to that man who was hit near the MoMA? The doctor said, That man is on life support and has a chance of living, but it is slim. Kane was starting to get very frustrated and sad. He thought to himself, if he couldn't walk anymore, there was no point in living. It would just be better to end my life. While they were talking... A nurse came in and said, Officer Kane, you have a visitor who wants to thank you. A lady comes in and says, Officer, my name is Hannah, and I heard about what you did. I just wanted to thank you for dropping off Oliver at the hospital. Without you, he would be dead. But because you got him to the hospital, he has a chance of living. Kane responded back. It didn't even catch the suspect and I lost the use of my legs. I'm no hero." Hannah said, "'But you might have saved Oliver with your quick thinking and actions." Kane started thinking, "'Wait, this couldn't be Oliver, my brother?' He asked Hannah, "'What was Oliver's last name?' She said, "'It's Lee.'" Cain could not believe it. Hannah curiously responds, Do you know him by any chance? Kane could not even find the words and was trying his best to hold back his tears. That man who he took to the hospital was his very own brother. The brother he never got to meet because he left. Instead of looking at the positives, Kane started to feel so much guilt. He thought to himself, if only I got there faster, maybe Oliver would not be in this condition. If only I was by his side while he was growing up, maybe this would not have happened. If only I never abandoned my role as an older brother, this would have not happened. Hannah decides to leave she told Cain She has to attend to Oliver, as the doctor told her they would have an update later that evening. Kane was in disbelief with what just happened. Yet over the next few days, Kane comes to grips that he will need a wheelchair for the rest of his life. He will need lots of therapy and more time in the hospital. He always took walking for granted and knew he would never be able to again. While he was thinking through these things, the thought of Oliver again popped into his head. Man, I really hope he makes it. I will not be able to sleep at night knowing that he's clinging for his life. Kane tries to get updates about Oliver's status, but his messages were not getting through. Weeks later, a few of the officers that were involved in the shooting wanted to support Kane. They visited him and told him that they caught the thieves and returned the paintings. As Kane was being wheeled down the hall, a man stopped him and the officers. The man starts to tear up and says, Thank you for saving my life. I don't know who you are, but if there's anything that I can do to make it up. Let me do it. Kane was in shock. Then he started to smile and tears started rolling down his face. Oliver exclaimed, Oh no, I'm so sorry. Did I, did I say something wrong? Kane softly replies, Oliver, look at this photo. The photo was of Cain with their mom and dad at his high school graduation. This is the last photo I took with our mom and dad before I ran away. Oliver could not believe it. And he screams, Cain? What? No way. I've heard so much about you. And in my heart, I've always wanted to know you." Oliver immediately gave Cain a hug and said, I finally get to meet my big brother. All of Cain's suicidal thoughts and regrets disappeared once his younger brother warmly embraced him. He thought to himself, if I can allow someone else to walk in my place, then it is worth it, especially if it is my own little brother. After Oliver hugs his older brother, Kane said, I'm so glad you are alive. Oliver explained to Kane that Hannah was super supportive and stayed by his side these past few weeks. Kane asked, Is Hannah a friend? Oliver laughed, Yeah, she's a special friend. Let's put it that way. Kane says, I'm so proud of you, little bro. But there is one favor that I have. Can you help me with it? The following weekend, the Lee household was a little more busy than usual. Oliver was cleared to go home and his parents decided to have a special family dinner with family favorites like cha siu, roast pork, green beans, and bubble tea. Yet instead of the normal four people of Oliver's parents, Eric and Oliver, There were five, as Cain joined his family. Previously, Cain made a request to Oliver if he would ask their parents if he could have dinner with them and meet his other brother. Cain did not want to live with his guilt and sense of loss anymore and wanted to see his parents. Oliver agreed, and to his surprise, the parents said, Of course, and cried tears of joy. At the dinner table, Cain said, Wow, these are all of my favorite foods, but then quickly put his head down and apologized for leaving home. Cain expected to get yelled at and scorned, but was completely surprised when he heard these words from his mom. Son, please eat the cha We ordered two pounds. We missed your big appetite. You left us many years ago, but you will always be an older brother to your younger brothers and a son to your father and I. And that concludes our time together. Congratulations for getting to this point, as that means you finished the story. Thank you for listening to this story as I poured weeks of writing and thought into this one. A huge shout out to my housemate Josh for not only believing in me, but providing the inspiration. Another shout out to my good buddy Andrew for a generous gift with a brand new mic. The last shout out goes to my dear friend Dorothy, who designed the cover art for the podcast. If you look at it closely, you will see some of my favorite places to tell stories. I would love to hear your reactions and thoughts to the story, so feel free to reach out to me. Lastly, if you liked it, please share it with others, as it would mean a lot to me. Look out for more stories to come in the future see you soon